0: Hello, I'm Mike Basella, your host for this podcast and the global community that has rallied around it. I recently spent time with the former director of innovation at Boston Children's Hospital and a trained pediatric GI doctor. During my time with this national healthcare innovation leader, we discussed his personal experience with burnout and feeling overwhelmed by all the administrative tasks the healthcare system places on healthcare providers and staff and how he is going about solving this crisis. Dr. Michael Doctor is the founder and CEO of DocHealth, a HIPAA-compliant task management and collaboration platform designed for healthcare. This simple yet robust and powerful platform helps healthcare teams collaborate much as they do in other industries using products like Jira, Trello, or Wonderless, but it's secure to meet the needs of the healthcare industry. Mike and I had a spirited discussion about the painful realities this industry's professionals deal with and why the entire DocHealth team is extremely determined to do something about it. Additionally, Mike shared how DocHealth is supporting frontline healthcare workers during the COVID-19 pandemic and how you and your colleagues can leverage DocHealth's powerful technology free of charge at this time. I'm confident you will enjoy getting to know Mike and what he and his team are building at DocHealth. After learning from Mike, it is my hope you will reach out to him as he continues to dedicate his life's work to eliminate the administrative burden for our critically important frontline care providers. Dr. Michael Doctor, welcome to our podcast being recorded from my house in Denver, Colorado in a makeshift podcast studio I fashioned together as we continue to shelter in place during the coronavirus pandemic. Thanks for having me, Mike. Well, Mike, I'm looking forward to learning more about your personal experience dealing with physician burnout and how that led you to founding your company, Doc Health. Additionally, I'm eager to discuss your company's contribution to supporting frontline healthcare workers during the COVID-19 crisis. But before we dive into your inspiring work and mission, a bit of housekeeping for our audience. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at PassionatePioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas with our guests and to interact with the global community. Lastly, please subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Mike, it's almost time to chat about all things doc health. But first, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community can get to know you. I'm going to select a random question of three, see what comes up with. Ooh, favorite food. What is your favorite meal and why?
1: Well, I was hoping you'd ask that question because on the off chance that my mom actually listens to this, um, my favorite food is homemade lasagna. Uh, This is an Italian favorite by my Jewish mother who. Uh, for some reason, I cooked a lot of Italian food growing up. Perhaps it was my New Jersey roots, but um, homemade lasagna is a, a clear favorite. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I'm not getting home as much as I used to uh, in this current pandemic, but um something that I always look forward to.
0: So did you also make the pasta itself? Because, I mean, that's the foundation of uh, it all,
1: that's, right? That's next level. That's next level. So, you know, I would say, as we mentioned earlier, I'm now getting into all these sort of DIY things at home. So I'm making my own bread, making my own pasta with my kids. We have not ventured into the lasagna making yet, but that might be the next uh, idea for the team here. So thanks for the tip.
0: Well, we're putting a call out to Mike's mother. Please, somebody get her subscribed to the podcast so she can hear the shout out to mom and her lasagna. You know, Baselli last name, Italian, as you can imagine. We had a lot of of lasagna in our house as well. So one of my favorites. So we're right there with you. I hope to hear uh, from mom and and let her know that uh, we're rooting her on here as well. So thank you for that, Mike. Let's go ahead and, and go back a bit. The work happening at Doc Health so important. And so needed now more than ever, but we got to go back a bit. We need to hear your story of how you got there in the first place. Share with us a little bit of your professional background and your training and how it led you to founding Doc Health.
1: Thanks for the opportunity. I'll ask you to keep me honest because I could probably go on this story for a while, but I am uh, as my name might indicate you know a clinician so pediatric astroenterology by training. I went to Boston Children's Hospital for my GI fellowship. And during that time, I had some downtime in the lab, and it was around the time of the App Store coming online. And I became enamored with apps and user experience design and very quickly saw the opportunity for mobile apps in, in healthcare and why, you know, all the clinicians started to carry around mobile phones and we weren't u- using those for all the sort of healthcare needs. So I actually implemented the first secure text messaging vendor, Tiger Text at Boston Children's Hospital as kind of a pet project, uh, right out of my fellowship. This was back in 2011, 2012, and very quickly became the, the mobile strategist and the clinical director of, of mobile strategy. Excuse me, at Boston Children's Hospital, um, you know, implementing that secure messaging application, which, uh, was a, you know, a, a huge success. And from there, um, became more and more involved in implementing mobile technologies in the hospital. Uh, at the same time, I became, um, involved with a group called Hacking Pediatrics, which I co-founded, which was a, uh, a pediatric focused hackathon. It was the first of its kind again back in like 2013. Um, And we had annual hackathons getting together, you know, entrepreneurs, engineers, designers. And I just had this incredible exposure to the startup ecosystem, to all the sort of solutions that were being built for healthcare, and and also all the wonderful tools that were built in consumer tech and weren't being used in healthcare. And so around the time, about uh, three, four years ago, I had my own personal clinical challenges as a pediatric gastroenterologist, you know, many sort of to-dos and tasks that came as part of good clinical care and had was really struggling and frankly burnt out myself was how to manage those tasks, how to capture them, how to delegate them where possible, how to just get coordinated and add sort of structure and process where there wasn't any. and And things were falling through the cracks, frankly. I was feeling like a bad doctor. And that weighed on me because I, you know, we go into medicine to, you know, take care of patients and, and do our best. And unfortunately, the system doesn't help us in that regard. And, you know, at the same time, I was in the world of technology. I was the clinical director of innovation. We had this robust innovation program that I helped to build. And I was using all these wonderful tools in the consumer space, like, Trello and Jira and Asana and these tools that help teams get organized and collaborate. I was using a, a tool tool called Wunderlist with my wife to organize our shopping list. And there was this beautiful clarity of purpose where I knew what had to get done. Um, and when it was completed, I got notified. And I thought, we need this sort of thing in healthcare. And so that was the inception of what is now Doc Health. I had the good fortune of meeting Kether Rome Health, my co-founder, who as a user experience designer, and she was able to take that concept and turn it into a beautifully designed product. Um, but at its core, it was really just you know getting the team on the same page, creating a, a simple tool to allow uh, a task to be created, add patient context, assign it to someone on your team, and uh, get everyone on the same page and and close the loop. So it was uh, quite the journey, but you know lots of. Exposure to all the sort of tools of the trade in healthcare and sort of the gaps that existed in, in a lot of these
0: products. And we're going to go into a little deeper here on Doc Health because I know there's much more to it than the, the high level you just gave. But I want to go back a bit. Uh, let's go back to 2011. You're mentioning that you were the guy, you were the IT guy uh, plus a physician and bringing some new and innovative technologies. When you implemented Tiger Text in 2011, did people think you were crazy? Like, what is this doctor doing? Why does he want to do this?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I was the thorn in the side of our CIO. That's and awesome. CMIO. Um, I was this, you know, you know, for lack of a better term, the uh, early adopter type who just simply saw an opportunity. And I was you know, at the time, there weren't many solutions in the secure messaging space. And, I, you know, I, was, I had a seat at the right table because my the chief of GI at the time, you know, he said, Mike, you should probably start going to some of these meetings because I'm not really interested in this technology stuff. And so I started going to these meetings and I uh, and I realized, you know, at this wonderful institution, which I um, feel so lucky to be part of um, Boston Children's Hospital. There was no one really thinking about a mobile strategy for the clinicians that had all these wonderful and powerful tools in their pocket. And so I said, you know, to these guys, uh, you know, we need we need a secure way to communicate because pagers really are just antiquated, and, and you know, it's not a good way to communicate in a one way fashion. And and so I kind of bothered them enough over a couple of months where they said, okay, Mike, you know, this sounds like if you're passionate about this. You should be the, you know, director of clinical mobile solutions, and and we'll give you some resources to put this together. And so I I ran the project myself, and uh, just a quick interesting story. We had. Piloted it and beta tested it, and we were kind of like planning for a soft launch. We have 30 beta testers, and I don't know. There was a interesting experience at Boston Children's Hospital 2013 where we had a an anonymous attack that took down our network, and we very quickly were kind of out of any good way to communicate, and so we decided to turn Tiger Text on in a crisis. It's kind of similar to where we are today. And we went from 30 users to 800 users in a day. Wow! Um, and that was, you know, so trial by fire, but a great way to learn. And again, just uh when you build a, a simple tool that just works without training required, the way our EMRs are and the way sort of traditional healthcare technology software is, it just goes. And that was kind of, in many ways, the vision for Doc was just making it a really simple and elegant tool that doesn't require training and just is a productivity tool that helps people get their work done.
0: Well, in the episode notes for our younger listeners on the podcast, Mike just used the term Pager. We will define (laughs) what a pager is. We will leave a definition. Maybe we'll even leave some images and some screenshots of what a (laughs) what a pager is.
1: Sadly, I think if anyone in healthcare, they actually know very well what a pager is. It's amazingly they still exist in large numbers. I mean, the number of organizations that are still depending upon pagers, I would say, is quite
0: the majority. It's amazing. Amazing. Well, let's start talking about doc health, but before we do that, let's talk about and kind of unpack the why. We hear this term a lot, physician burnout. Mike, I want to start there before we talk about dog health. What does that mean for someone just like you on the front lines, taking care of so many lives in your community? What does physician burnout mean? It seems like it's such a big term, but for you personally, what does it mean?
1: Yeah, as you said, it's certainly a buzzword right now and everyone's got their own definition. For me... The burnout was really just feeling like I was not able to do my job as well as I wanted to. And the reality is that for me, you know, medicine was a a life mission. It was something I did to help people. And when you feel like your job is being limited by the fact that there are just so many things to do, so many follow-ups, so many tasks, so many minor sort of administrative things that... Get in the way of clinical care that take up your time and effort. That's the moral injury that that folks like Z and others are talking about. It's really the challenge of dealing with all the administrative tasks that come as part of good clinical care. And when you when you forget those things, not by intent, but because they're simply too hard to track or there's just not a process for them, and you, you fail your patients, it's a terrible feeling. And I think that to me is what weighed on me most. You know, I young kids i have uh, I like to strike the the work life balance um and just you know dealing with all the to do's of taking care of patients beyond the face to face stuff you know, never mind the clinical documentation and the billing and all the stuff that of course we all have to do, <clears throat> but just the follow up stuff it's you know, calling a patient and filling out a form and you know all the sort of you know shrapnel I call it from clinical care um that's the sort of stuff that weighs on you, because uh, usually it's operating below your license. It's it's stuff that's just mundane and administrative in nature, but it's essential.
0: And Mike, you've been at it for a number of years. Obviously, again, being a trained professional on the front lines as a physician, why has it gotten worse? over the years versus better this notion of physician burnout why are we hearing about it now more than ever what are the dynamics creating and causing that
1: yeah i mean it's obviously multifactorial but i think you know there's certainly the payer environment uh creates its own challenges and incentives around the, the billing and compliance stuff that has to be you know done as part of clinical care all those sort of prior authorizations and nonsense frankly that um you know in order to, for me to prescribe a you know a, a medication for a patient it may often take multiple phone calls multiple peer to peer conversations um you know it's just a lot of again follow up paperwork and phone calls that really just get in the way of the clinical experience and the patient care piece um and so you know, I think the electronic health record gets all the blame for the burnout, uh, which I think in some part is true right they're they're terribly designed system they weren't meant to be you know uh you know clinician facing sort of user experience um platform as they're they' are billing and and uh coding and uh, documentation uh systems but um you know the uh, the ability for providers to just get their work done. Um, and uh, collaborate on tasks and, you know, get the all the to-dos that, uh, frankly, are often administrative is really, I think, where most of the challenge is.
0: Well, every great innovation is usually birthed because of a pain point, and you just described a pain point, and I appreciate that and sharing kind of the honest perspective that, you know, leaders like you are, are Feeling and experiencing. So let's start diving in, Mike. So, Doc Health, you gave us a little bit of that high level elevator pitch, but let's start diving in deeper. Again, share out what Doc Health is and also maybe share a bit what were you doing before Doc Health? What were the tools at your disposal as a physician before Doc Health? And let's talk about how now you're changing those paradigms with the technology.
1: Great. Thank you. So, you know, DocHealth at its core is a HIPAA-compliant task management and, and collaboration platform. So, um, you know, the, the incumbent tools, and I don't mean this to be funny, but the incumbent tools for collaboration and task management in healthcare are the posted note and email. Um, and, and and that is the sad truth. I mean, the way I managed tasks before we created DocHealth was uh, chicken scratch with little boxes on the back of my clinic notes. That's how I, you know, tracked what I had to do for a patient after a clinic or during a clinic, and and that, as you can imagine, was impossible to track, to delegate, to close a loop on. Uh, never mind to kind of share with the team and collaborate on. Um, and so, you know, what what Doc allows you to do is, uh, again, very simply, create a task, uh, subtasks if you're interested, so to create sort of a structured template or protocol. Um, and then, you know, create a team structure around that. So if you wanted to invite your, you know, in my case, I moved from, uh, you know, doing things by phone or by reply all email or again, tracking it on a, on a clinic sheet or a post-it note. We now start to work as a team. So example I often give is, um, I'm, a, you know, a gastroenterologist. I see my specialty is, um, inflammatory bowel disease. So I see lots of patients, uh, with Crohn's and colitis. Um, Many of these patients have to go on a complex uh, biological therapy. An example would be Remicade. When a patient needs to start that uh, infusion-based medication, there are a number of things that have to occur in order for me to get a patient to actually get that drug. Um, And so the the kind of historical workflow was if I saw a patient in clinic and they were sick and they needed this medication, I'd uh, email or I'd call my admin and I'd say, hey, you know, uh, Jimmy Jones has to start this medication. Can you begin the process? And then this magical sort of thing happened in um, in the background that I knew nothing about, which was my admin had to call the insurance company to get approval. She had to file a prior authorization form. She had to call the infusion company. I'm sorry, call the infusion center to book the appointment. She had to call the family to coordinate the back and forth. And then I had to place the orders for that medication and make sure that the patient had their screening labs to make sure that they didn't have any uh, infections such as tuberculosis before they get uh, this infusion. So there is sort of magical orchestration of tasks that somehow happened. But frankly, sometimes, you know, things didn't happen. Things fall through the cracks. And so it wasn't a rare event that like a patient would show up in the infusion center and I hadn't yet placed the orders. And so everyone's pissed off and the patient, you know, on occasion, the, the infusion, com- uh, infusion center may not be able to get me on the phone. And then they send the patient home. So those sort of delays in care and sort of just crappy user experiences, um, really eroded, um, my confidence in that sort of magic that happens behind the scenes. And so, uh, with doc, we just uh, simply created a workflow for that process. And so, Instead of, uh, you know, emailing or calling my admin and saying, can you kick off that magical process for Jimmy Jones, we created a structured process that says, okay, first task, call, uh, call insurance company to get approval. Uh, second task, call family to book uh, infusion appointment. Third task, you know, my test to place orders. And so each of those tasks are assigned to different players in the ecosystem. And when one of those things is done, the box gets checked. I get notified that that's done and I have full visibility in the process. We have structure, we have accountability. And so when a patient calls me, you know, a couple two, three days after the visit and they're like, Hey, you know, I'm still feeling terrible. Where are we at in this process? And I can say, Hey, well, it looks like we've completed the insurance thing and I placed the orders. So, you know, it should be a matter of moments before we get you in versus like, I don't know, can you call my admin and um, maybe check on where she thinks it is because I had no clue. And that, that's the default behavior right now is this sort of magical stuff happens in the background and, you know, frankly, a lot of balls get dropped and care is delayed and, um, we're not as highly reliable as we should be. So that to me was, the inception and, and how things have changed for us.
0: Well, let's talk about I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant. One part of the industry that drives me nuts is the following is the orthodoxy. The oh it's always been done this way. You know, hey Mike and Doc Health, we've always used sticky notes and we've always used email. Why would we use Doc Health? It's always been done that way. How do you respond to that?
1: Uh you've hit the nail on the head, which is a challenge for us. Um, which is just how do we educate people that there's a better way to do things when they don't know that that sort of thing even exists? So I, I feel super fortunate in that I was a, you know, clinician innovator and I had, you know, half of my time was spent doing innovation work and working in technology and consumer tech. And I got to see like the other side. I got to see what things like. Slack and Asana and Trello and Jira and all these sorts of like great tools of the trade that have transformed industries and have, um, given people just the simplicity of a product that helps people collaborate, uh, and get on the same page. And so, you know, the, the challenge for us, frankly, as we're, you know, a startup that recently spun out of Boston Children's and are just, uh, trying to get the word out, um, is just educating people that like, Hey, what you're doing is crazy. Like, you're not able to manage and track all these things. Uh, the cognitive burden is so high. How how could anyone be expected to perform at their best when they've got a million things to do? I mean, we create shopping lists for a reason, right? You're not going to remember everything you need when you go to the store. So how do we create that, you know, uh, in a tool go on where it's like the checklist manifesto? How do we create this sort of structure and process and sort of... um Safe hub to put all these to-dos. And how do we educate people on the fact that you know what they're doing—the post-it notes and the email reply all stuff—that that's no way to collaborate. That's no way to you know close loops. No one ever hands you a post-it note with the boxes checked and say, "Here, I did it." You know, that's what we're trying to overcome and that inertia for people to uh, figure out that there is a better way and then. And then to actually implement it is the challenge that we
0: face. Well, here's what I want to do. So, to everyone listening in, head over completely free, our online global community, passionatepioneers.com. We will have an entire area for commentary and discussion and ideas for Mike and for Doc Health. How do we get Doc Health over that hurdle? What are some good ideas to battle the orthodoxy and and get out of the status quo mindset? So again, head over to passionatepioneers.com, log in, give us some ideas, challenge assumptions. We'll have Mike and his team in there as well. And let's get after it and really figure out how we can get over that orthodoxy hump because it's a big one. It drives me crazy, but I know we can do it, especially when we do it together. So we'll get some conversation going over at passionatepioneers.com, Mike, and we'll see what the community Uh, has to offer up for you and the entire DOC team. So I want to change gears a touch. We're in the middle of a pandemic. This is the crisis that all of us are faced right now. And more importantly, uh, this is the time that I believe leaders do what they do best in times of crisis, they lead. So I want to know a little bit, what is DOC Health doing to contribute to support the frontline healthcare workers during this COVID-19 crisis?
1: Yeah. Thanks for asking, and and thank you for shining a light on these the companies that are doing, I think that their best to to help in a really challenging situation. So for us, you know, we um really early on in this process saw what was coming down the pipeline, and obviously we scared for our our fellow colleagues and providers. We had a bit of, uh, you know, just a uh, I don't want to say an existential crisis, but we 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 had just closed our financing, you know, our seed round couple of weeks prior to the COVID kind of unleashing and felt enormously fortunate in that regard, but also saw that while we were a fledgling you know, startup here, we've built an amazing platform that you know allows teams to work together and create structure and process where they don't exist. And so we saw just a real opportunity to put ourselves out there as a public service to try and be of assistance during this uh, crisis. And frankly, we were trying to get ahead of it. And so what we offered was, um, you know, for any healthcare provider that needed Doc Health and the structure and the sort of accountability that we provide, use it for free as long as you need it, and that remains true. We also wanted to make it valuable and sort of convey that value proposition right out the gate. And so we took all these sort of complicated CDC guidelines that were being put out there and turned them into team task lists. And so if you were to go on the the sort of CDC guidance for hospital preparedness, for example. You know, it's like a 20-page website with all this wonderful guidance, really well thought out, helpful guidance, but impossible to follow and to actually, you know, strategically put into a framework that you can track and delegate and sort of create a process around. And so we digested and, and sort of boiled down those guidelines and just turned them into team task list that can be modified and, and used however a team might use it and so that that remains up there and our hope is that if we can offer the sort of preparedness and responsiveness to a crisis and collaboration for teams with our platform we're happy to do that and you know so one of the things our initial focus has always been on just getting internal teams working better together but The reality is that we have an exciting vision for the future, which is really just teams working better across organizations. And so, uh, as you might imagine, technology is not the limiting factor there. It's all the other stuff that gets in the way. Unfortunately, a lot of that has gone away with a crisis. People realize the importance of interoperability and collaboration and sort of cross-pollination. And so, our hope would be that folks that would find our platform useful, they would Collaborate across organizations, so it's not just the doctors and the nurses and the admins and the respiratory therapists within a the hospital within a practice, but rather you know how do we connect with that outside pharmacy or that outside physical therapy group or the outside home health nursing team that needs to know what to do when they're visiting a patient so power of our platform is that the sort of flexibility that it does not operate specifically for one domain of medicine, but rather any area that you require security and HIPAA compliance and protected health information um, while at the same time, you know, just being a simple, easy tool that's, effectively a task management platform.
0: Well in a moment we're gonna ask as well where we can get a hold of you and Doc Health online, social media or otherwise, but let's stay focused for a moment given this work and, and given your contribution as an organization to COVID nineteen. Where can people find it online? Do they go to the app store? How can we get a hold of the platform? How can we get a hold of the technology?
1: Yeah, so the easiest place to find this is on doc.health. So that is a dot health domain. That's a doc.health Uh, You can check us out on Twitter at doc underscore health. And we have our sort of direct COVID response page is hosted at dochealth.com. So not to confuse people, but we still have our sort of non-COVID response product that's uh, up and running. And that's at doc.health. And then our COVID response is on dochealth.com.
0: And that's d-o-c-k-h-e-a-l-t-h.com, correct? Correct. Correct. Excellent. Thanks. And we'll have that listed in the uh, episode notes as well over at passionatepioneers.com. There'll be an entire post for Mike's episode here. Uh, you'll be able to get all of those resources over at passionatepioneers.com. So, Mike, let's talk a little bit about future state of where you see your technology and your organization going and the positive impact that it will continue to have on our industry usually I, I like to ask, you know, the next one to three years or the next, you know, three to five years, but things are literally changing by the day as we confront this pandemic. Where do you see your work at Doc Health over the next, you know, year, next 18 months, next two years, especially during these very dynamic and changing times for all of us?
1: Thank you. So what I would like to think about our platform is that uh, we are enormously flexible and customizable. And so there is really not a domain of healthcare that wouldn't benefit from, you know, this sort of task management collaboration that we offer. We want to meet providers where they are. And by that, I mean, you know, uh, there's so much to be done in trying to connect the clinical to the administrative to try and get rid of the The challenging stuff that in my mind is what really leads to the burnout. It's not just the EMR, but rather all that sort of administrative burden and how do we get teams working collaboratively to tackle some of that. So for us, it's more and more about automation. It's more and more about, you know, meeting the providers where they are and and finding easier ways to do integrations with existing workflows Part of the power of our platform is that it doesn't need electronic health record integration. While we can do it and certainly we're happy to, you know, it's something that's again self-service. You can be up and running within three minutes and you can add patient profiles into your platform without having to be connected to the EMR. So it's really a clinical productivity tool that is super easy to use and and get going quickly. So the more and more we can automate processes and sort of integrate with existing workflows and platforms, we want to create this sort of ecosystem of efficiency in healthcare that moves beyond just the clinical piece, but really helps bridge that administrative challenge that I think is what is leading to a lot of the burnout that we're all facing. And it's not just the doctors that are burnt out, it's you know, it's the admins, it's the nurses, it's the whole healthcare ecosystem that just feels like they're spinning their wheels on stuff that is not worth their time.
0: Well, and I was on my soapbox a few moments ago, you know, kind of being a little agitated around the sense of orthodoxy, and this is how it's always been done. But given what you just shared, Mike, I actually remain very optimistic that we will continue to look at new technologies and new processes and products just like a Doc Health, And I believe they'll continue to be more and more and widely adopted given the needs. We have to do something different. We can no longer continue to do what got us here in the first first place. And I think that's even now even more exacerbated by this pandemic. So I'm incredibly optimistic and excited to see where Doc Health takes the industry over the next uh, even number of months and into the coming years. So thank you for sharing that. Let's flip the script a bit here, Mike. Let's get the community involved. We have some amazing minds and incredible leaders across the industry that tune in on the weekly. I want them involved to see how they can continue to be helping you and Doc Health. Can you share with our community one problem, need or question that you or Doc Health currently have that the community can contemplate or help with?
1: That's great. Thank you for the opportunity. I think we kind of already, you know, hit on it earlier, which is, you know, how do we educate people, the need or the that there is a better way to do things. How do we, you know, I feel like Steve Jobs like in two thousand seven when he was like, Yeah, we have this amazing phone, but people don't know that they need it yet. This to me is is how do we open people's eyes that there is a better way to collaborate in healthcare, that there is a better way to manage to dos and the clinical and administrative stuff that is required for good patient care. How do we get people out there? And so you know, again, for us, this is a passion project for me. I I want to make it easier for providers to take good care of their patients. It's, what, it's why I use Doc, and it's why I feel passionate about getting other providers to use it, is that my hope would be we make their lives easier to take good care of their patients and allow them to leave work at work and uh, get home to their families and you know, focus on what's important, which is the patient care. Uh, It's not the administrative crap. So um, how do we, what are some great use cases that people would want us to help build out? What are some integrations that people want us to help with that would make it easier for them to get rid of some of this administrative toil? And how do we get the word out so that people understand that, you know, this is just a simple, easy tool that can offer a ton of value to a practice and it's super affordable? How do we get the word out?
0: Well, let's get after it to everybody listening in. Head over to passionatepioneers.com. Mike and his team will be in there and let's challenge these ideas. Let's think of anew. Let's offer up some ideas for Mike and his team to contemplate. And so don't be shy. Come soon, come often, and let us know what you're thinking in regards to what Mike and the team are contemplating right now. So Mike, we did uh, talk earlier, a couple of contact points for Doc Health and, and the response for COVID-19. Were there any other social media or other contact points online you'd like to share with our community
1: absolutely yeah we're on facebook linkedin instagram if you just search for doc health you're hopefully going to find us and yeah doc.health would probably be the best place to find the most information all of our links to social all of our ways to contact us we've got intercom built into our platform so that folks can message us directly there i'm also at michael doctor on twitter Uh, So if anyone wants to reach out personally.
0: That sounds great. And we'll have those listed in the episode notes as well. Uh, So we're going to start uh, wrapping it up here, Mike. I do have a fill in the blank for you. I'm a passionate pioneer because?
1: It matters to me to take good care of providers and provide a great user experience so that they can
0: take better care of their patients. I love it. Thank you for that. Well, Mike, it was so eye-opening and refreshing to hear that there are leaders on the front lines that are taking care of other leaders on the front lines and so we thank you for your efforts and this technology you're bringing to the industry sounds like doc health has a lot of great things in store for it and I thank you for all of your work especially during these trying times with COVID-19 know you have a big fan here in Denver Colorado please keep us posted and updated with all of the things happening within doc health and how you are continuing to make a positive impact on our industry thank you for being with us today Mike
1: Thanks so much, Mike. Great platform. And thank you for sharing great work
0: of others. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.